In every film, there's a moment when the hero hits rock bottom. In Cool Runnings, it was when John Candy's prized bobsled broke. In Human Centipede, it was when those people signed on to be in that movie. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. My guest this episode, Chris Lambert. Hello. Boy, howdy. It's nice to get a movie that we like. <laughs> what a nice change. This episode's movie, Deadpool 2 from 2018. Mm, good stuff. Yeah, I forgot it's been that long already. Yeah, well, and I was yeah, because I was definitely the the boat the mid credit scenes on the on this movie I've seen more times than I can count because I was working in the theater, so I'm waiting in the back to clean the auditorium, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, that's only that's four and a half years. You know, uh, directed by David, I don't know if it's Leach or Leach, I don't know. but he directed the first John Wick, Atomic Blonde. Bullet Train recently, Hobbs and Shaw. It's a big action movie guy. Written by Reesen Wernick and Ryan Reynolds as well, but Reesen Wernick, who, what a what an odd <laughs> sort of trajectory they've had because they were the creators of the best reality show of all time, The Joe Schmo Show, <laughs> <laughs> which is not only a very entertaining show itself, but also like launched the careers of Kristen Wiig and david hornsby and like ralph garman's in it like there's so many it's crazy <laughs> but and they also directed they did the Zombieland movies and then wrote the first two deadpools i don't know how involved they are in the upcoming deadpool 3 but i don't know should we take a minute before we get in because the movie itself i feel like because so much of it is jokes, and I don't want to just repeat jokes that are, you know. So there's little plot things here and there to talk about, and, you know, moments that we really like and stuff. Or jokes, even, that we really like. But kind of at the top, just kind of talk about Deadpool in general. Deadpool is a character that, both in the comics and the movies, a lot of people love him. Some people can't stand him. And you know what? I get it. I get it. It's not something that I can look at and go, what do you mean you don't like Deadpool? Like, no, I get it. He's, uh, I'd see how he would be an acquired taste. I somehow kind of fell ass backward into owning every Deadpool comic that's ever been published, <laughs> which is not something I can say about any other character. Probably, I mean, I'm sure there's some, but you know, it just started with I just started getting like the classic Deadpool's, you know, collection the collections, and then I just kept getting them, and then at some point I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to buy every Deadpool comic there is, and I'm stuck with that. And it wasn't even like, it's not even like Deadpool's my favorite character or something. It just seemed like an attainable goal. I can never own every Spider-Man comic. You know, I can never own every Daredevil comic. But Deadpool is fairly contained to the last 30 years or whatever, you know, so. And I'm yeah, I'm trying to remember, was he, was he created by Rob Layfield? Yeah, I want to talk about that too, because... Rob Liefeld is very, he has a cameo in, I think it's the first one, right? But not the second one. Or did I miss it when I rewatched this? Oh, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's he's in the part. bar with Weasel and them. And there's Deadpool comes in and like claps him back. He's like, hey, Liefeld, or whatever, you know. I don't even know if he has no, a line, but he's definitely there. But anytime there's Deadpool news or something, he's always on Twitter like the proud papa or whatever, like, 
And now he's always talking like he's an insider, like, I don't know when Deadpool 3 is happening, blah, blah, blah. I haven't heard nothing. That might be because they don't have to tell you shit, Rob Liefeld. Because here's the thing. <laughs> yes, technically Rob Liefeld created Deadpool when he was the artist and sort of co-writer, or at least co-plotter with Fabian Isaiah on X-Force back in 91, 92, whatever. And he is a very thinly veiled... I'm sure Rob Liefeld would say homage. Uh, most people would say ripoff of Deathstroke Terminator, right? Um, who, whose name is Slade Wilson, and Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson. <laughs> His name is Deadpool. Like it's the most egregious, like ripoff shit. But the Deadpool that he created, apart from being this very Rob Liefeld design, you know, with lots of pockets and big guns and whatever and pouches and no feet was not really a character you know he was like a boy he was like a baseline you know mouthy badass but he wasn't even funny he didn't do the fourth wall break stuff he didn't like he had like no personality so yes the basic design of the suit but everything you know and love about deadpool are improvements that were added by better writers and better artists later like joe kelly or uh, jerry duggan or you know, any number of people <laughs> and artists as well who've like streamlined the suit, made it cool, like where he has like the little, not a flap, but like at the top of his, at the back of his head, the mask like doesn't quite fit, you know, that's from the comics. So everything you like about Deadpool is things other people added to Deadpool that Rob Liefeld is in no way responsible for. So <laughs> yes, technically he is the creator of Deadpool and I'm sure he gets a nice well, he probably doesn't even get a nice fat check since it's owned by Marvel and it was a work prior, so he doesn't probably get... I mean, he gets some kind of, you know, mention or whatever in the... Who knows? Maybe he gets a check when Deadpool stuff comes out. But, yeah, him him taking it to the rooftops anytime there's Deadpool stuff and talking about how, he, you know, you vaguely kind of created Deadpool, but everything you like about Deadpool, Rob Liefeld had nothing to do with, so... Let's bring it down a notch, Rob. I know you haven't done anything like that anybody gives a shit about in the last 15 years, but come on. Yeah, and I, I do love, and, you know, this is skipping ahead a bit, but I love that they actually poke fun at him. I think they do it in both movies. They definitely do it in this one. Yes. When he's talking to Domino about her powers and how it's, you know, doesn't seem like a real power. He says, that sounds like something... This came up come up with by somebody who can't draw feet. <laughs> yeah, what coked up psychopath in the nineties, you know, comic book artist who came up with that one. Probably somebody who can't draw feet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's talk about Ryan Reynolds for a minute. I've I've always, always, since two guys are growing a pizza place, been a Ryan Reynolds stan. And again, he's another guy who I I know is an acquired taste. Some people really like him, some people are like, oh, this fucking guy. But I think the issue, I think why people feel that way is he has abandoned sort of dramatic work or kind of taking risks, you know? Like he kind of just plays Deadpool or Ryan Reynolds, you know, the Ryan Reynolds persona in everything now. And it wasn't always that way. And I think because he tried dramatic stuff, and I'm going to go, uh, I don't even care if this is a hot take or not, I think he was actually really good most of the time but none of those films were successful 
you know? It's his comedies that have always been successful, have been moneymakers and have made him a movie star. So I think to him, he kind of went, well, why bother? Like, I enjoy that stuff, but nobody gives a shit. So why, why don't I just keep doing, you know, what people want, you know? And I, so I feel bad. I feel bad that he doesn't, that he feels like he shouldn't take those shots anymore, you know? But like that Amityville horror remake, the movie itself is kind of whatever, but he is fucking terrifying in that movie. Yes. Like <laughs> in a way that you are not expecting from Ryan Reynolds. And that's also when we discovered that his torso is from another planet. Because that's <laughs> like he was ripped in, in that movie in a way that like Marvel guys are now. Before that was a thing, like, and you went, holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was not expecting that from the guy from Van Wilder, you know? And he did, he's really good in Buried. Like, he's really, really good in Buried. And my favorite thing he's ever done, as much as I love Deadpool, is a movie called The Nines. Yes. Which, let me take him in here, which most people, I think, have never heard of this movie. <laughs> it's not widely available. It was not. It kind of came and went when it came out. It was written and directed by John August, who was like Tim Burton's big uh, screenwriter for a while. But it's him, Melissa McCarthy, like right before she blew up. Uh, who else is it? Hope Davis. But it's Ryan Reynolds. It's all of them, but Ryan Reynolds playing three different characters in these three different stories. And you're kind of like, how do these... And each of his characters is like distinctive and different. And none of them feel like Ryan Reynolds, or at least the Ryan Reynolds we know now. And, yeah, you're sitting there going, how are these stories even connected? And, as, and then the reveal of what it is, is so fucking G. It's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. And I wish more people knew about it. And I wish it got uh, more attention than it has. But he's, yeah, I always thought he was really good at the dramatic stuff. And I think he's just given up on it because, you know, that's too bad. Yeah. Honestly, like, even in this movie, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about especially in the scene where he's he's in the bar crying and he's talking about how uh do you want to build a snowman is basically uh yeah. papa can you hear me from <laughs> yes. in that moment he is he's funny and heartbreaking at the exact same time in and, exact and same under moment. a pile of makeup too like yes <laughs> that's and that's the reason that i like Deadpool, like I see why people look at Deadpool and go, God, he's just exhausting. I can't with the fucking quips all the time. But the difference to me between him and a lot of characters like him is that Deadpool never feels cynical to me. You know, a lot of characters who are quip machines like that are always, you know, are kind of like, fuck the world, I hate everybody kind of characters. And I'm doing this just to like bother people. But Deadpool always feels like he just wants everyone around him to have fun. <laughs> you know, he kind of loves everyone unless you give him a reason not to, you know. There's a weird kind of joyfulness yeah. to his brand of comedy. Even when he's like <laughs> insulting you, even when he's like just put like the most insane put downs. There's still, it never feels cynical. It never feels like it's coming from a bad place if that makes sense like i don't know so that to me is the difference between deadpool yeah. and kind of characters like like him but again i get it if people don't like him i understand i can't you know yeah i just do yeah and just the love and affection that he feels for this character shines through in a way that i don't 
know like i don't i don't think anybody nobody's whoever who's ever played james bond has ever seemed this in love with being james bond you know what i mean like yeah he's found this because he played deadpool in that god-awful wolverine movie and they fucked it up and i think he always felt like i not only did i not like that i know the fans hated it and i want to make it up to them and he has put his heart and soul and so much time and effort into getting that first Deadpool movie made and then keeping it going. I mean, he shows up to he showed up to the premiere of some DC movie in full costume. <laughs> as Deadpool. Like showed up to a DC movie that Ryan Reynolds was invited to, showed up as Deadpool. Just cuz he fucking he likes wearing the suit. He just likes he loves being Deadpool and it it shows so much. And that I respect that so much that he's and maybe some people are like, but that's the character you do. But who like what other actors that committed and that, you know, to this one thing. <laughs> so especially considering, as I understand the story, the first Deadpool never would have gotten made if it weren't for him pushing so hard. Absolutely. To want to play the, to play the part and have it done right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the guy who's you know, continuing to push like to, that it should be rated R, which, you know what? Let's talk about that for a second. Cause when I, when I told you we were doing Deadpool 2, you were like, which version, the regular version, the super duper cut or once upon a, once upon a Deadpool, the, you know, the PG 13 <laughs> one. And I was like, let's just go with whatever streaming Disney plus. So the most amount of people can get to it if they're not cool and don't really have the Blu-ray or the 4k like I do. But the fact that Once Upon a Deadpool was definitely a test balloon to be like, can we do this as a PG-13 if we had to? And I think the answer is yes. Like, I like the R-rated version. Fine. It's, you know, but I can live without it. If the only way I'm going to get a new Deadpool movie every three years is to make it PG-13, go for it. Because the comics aren't rated R. Except for that one, there's a Deadpool Max miniseries, which is fucking atrocious also. So I don't need it. It can He can get by PG-13. And I think Once Upon a Deadpool proved it. Yeah. So I'd rather have PG-13 Deadpool than no Deadpool at all, if that's what it came to. But also Marvel can just, like, come on. Just, you can have a rated R movie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but that then that raises the question of what is Deadpool 3 going to be? Obviously there was the big announcement that Hugh Jackman's coming back to be Wolverine one more time for it, and that's cool and all. My fear with that is, though, because what was supposed to be cool about Deadpool 3 is he's in the MCU now. So who's going to show up? I'd love to see him pound around with Thor for a minute. You know? And I'm worried yeah. that bringing Wolverine in is them going, we kind of don't want to taint anybody else from the MCU. So let's just have Wolverine. People will love that. And maybe we don't need to have. But then it's not, then it's not even in the MCU. Like, if you're going to put him in the MCU, put him in the MCU. Have the balls, yeah. pull the trigger. I know a lot of people would like to see him team up with Spider-Man, like in the comics. I'm of the opinion that I don't ever want Spider-Man to be in an R-rated film. Even if he's not doing R-rated stuff. And I feel the same way about Superman. If you want to make an R-rated Batman movie, Batman can support that. But Superman and Spider-Man are characters that are so much, and I'm, not, I'm obviously not saying these are characters only for children, but they are icons to children where if a kid sees oh spider-man is in that movie i gotta go to that movie oh you can't go to that movie because it's rated r there just shouldn't you know what i mean there should not spider-man and superman are two characters that under no circumstances should be in an r-rated movie that's my opinion there's plenty of other characters you can do that with just not those two i feel like in particular but yeah 
yeah, so what's Deadpool 3 going to be? How MCU connected is it going to be? I don't know. We'll see. I'm obviously very curious. But I'd love to see, yeah, I'd love to see him fucking around with Thor. I'd love to see, you know, throw whoever you can in there. I'm just hoping that this Wolverine thing isn't like a deflection away from everybody else to be like, I know you're, look, I know you're hoping Chris Hemworth would pop up and, you know, Doctor Strange might show up and Spider-Man might show up. But we gave you Wolverine instead. That's cool, right? Yeah, it is, but <laughs> I've had that, you know. So, honestly, my personal, my personal dream is, you know, you you get your your one f bomb per PG thirteen movie, whatever. I hope you're not about I, to steal my idea. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. I want to hear it. <laughs> no, but for me, I mean, throw whoever else in as well. But I would love to see like a post credit scene where Sam Jackson shows up to try to recruit him for the Avengers and he tells him to fuck off. <laughs> kind of like Wolverine did with uh, Magneto and Professor X in yeah. First Class used their one F-bomb. Here's what I want the one F-bomb to be. Though that one F-bomb rule, I don't know how well that applies anymore because I've seen some movies that had two or three. One of those Transformers movies had it like three times and I was like, what's going on? Anyway, <laughs> what I want it to be is Deadpool throughout the movie is always about to say it and he stops himself and turns to the camera and is like, nope, I'm saving it. I'm saving it for the right moment. And then we get to the end and he's about to use it and someone else says it instead and like steals it from him and he loses his damn mind. <laughs> that would be, that's funny. That's a funny way to do that, I think. Call me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, I'll be, I will be there. RPG 13, whoever's in it, whatever the trailer looks like. I'm just, I'm in on this character. I'm in on Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Give it to me, man. And also, Ryan Reynolds doesn't need to do this shit. If he said tomorrow, because for a minute there, before Deadpool 3 got announced, he was like, I'm taking a hiatus from acting. And we were, and I was like, oh shit, no. It didn't last very long. <laughs> he was kind of right back to it. But <laughs> if he stopped tomorrow, he'll be fine. On top of already being probably extraordinarily wealthy, he runs he runs a f soccer team in England now. He has his own gym. He has a cell phone company. Like he's an entrepreneur. He's been smart enough to be like I think he's a really humble nice Canadian boy <laughs> who happens to be genetically blessed with looking like the hottest man on the planet. And he but I think he's still humble enough that like it's amazing that I get to do this. It's surprising I get to do this. I don't know how I got so lucky based on some fucking sitcom I was on. This could all go away tomorrow. I need to diversify. So I'm buying this football team with the guy from It's Always Sunny. I'm starting a gin company. I'm starting a cell phone company. So if this all goes to away tomorrow, my kid still gets to eat. Yeah. You know? And he seems like a nice family man with the, you know, like just, I just, I dig this dude, man. And his just enthusiasm about everything. He doesn't have to be in the ads for his fucking Mint Mobile cell phone shit but he's got his mom in there like you know he's still doing his thing i just i just dig the guy man yeah so there's all of that before <laughs> we talk about the movie yeah that's my overall thoughts on deadpool in general anything else to add to that before we dive in no no i think you covered it pretty well i, I feel pretty much the same about all that yeah and there's just something, there's something, I just find him so endlessly charming, probably in a way that a lot of people find endlessly annoying, and they're like, oh, Ryan Reynolds again, I'm tired of this guy. Especially when he keeps kind of playing the same roles over and over again, which I talked about, you know, it's unfortunate. 
but like Free Guy. I understand people looking at Free Guy and going, Jesus, this is the death of cinema. Like, <laughs> this is the worst, stupidest fucking thing. I had a fun time with that movie, man. I know it's dumb yeah. as shit, you know, but he carries it in a way where I'm like, I'll just, I'll just watch him do stuff, man. I don't, I'm just here for 90 minutes having fun, whatever. Not everything, it ain't that deep, man. Not everything has to be fucking Schindler's List, you know, like just, it's fine. Free guys, fine. I think anybody else, you plug anybody else into that movie, it doesn't work for me at all. Yeah. You know, I think I go, fuck, this is stupid. This is more Ready Player One bullshit. But, no, I don't know. For me, I, I'm just I'm just watching him have fun, man. And I'm here for it. All right. Deadpool 2, which is what we're here to talk about, not Deadpool 3. Deadpool 1 came out on Valentine's Day. I remember me and Carrie going to see it. <laughs> this was fairly yeah. early in our... It might have been... It was probably one of the first movies I saw at the theater here when I moved here to this town. Possibly, because that was 2014, 15, whatever year the first one came out. But it came out on Valentine's Day, so we went for Valentine's Day. And I don't think she knew what she was getting into, but she enjoyed it. <laughs> so the movie starts with Deadpool committing suicide, or at least attempting to. And he's walking around in his blue Crocs, like, but <laughs> with the suit on. The way they've done the mask for the, the, the way they do the mask, Deadpool's mask is so good, because it's clearly... It's not like Spider-Man where most of the time you're looking at CGI. That's Ryan Reynolds in the suit wearing the mask and the way that it tucks. But I mean, obviously they're using CGI or something so that it's seamless the way that it tucks into his shirt. But he can take it on and off and he can do... But then they use CGI to make like the eyebrows move and stuff so he can be expressive. The, the way they do the suit and the mask is really cool in these movies that I think some other movies could take a lesson from. But yeah, we're not sure why... But he, yeah, he blows himself up, and he's just, yeah, blasted to pieces. Yes. And it's, to it's... the sounds of Fall Out of Love. Yes. <laughs> the, and the music in these, both of these movies, but this one in particular, is just so good. Yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack is so good, because Deadpool is a guy who likes, I mean, apparently likes dubstep as well, which whatever, but for the most part seems to like like 80s ballads that most people think is super cheesy and it and it also it doesn't feel it never again that's why i like the character it never feels like he's doing it as a joke just to annoy people like huh, i'm gonna make you listen to air supply he legitimately loves air supply and wham and share you know like all this 80s it's just his jam you know you would think he would be like a heavy like a metal guy but he's not <laughs> and i think that's cool uh, and then we then we cut back to six weeks ago or whatever, and we get sort of this montage of him at, at, at work assassinating people. But now he only assassinates bad guys, human traffickers and, you know, stuff like that. So we get some cool gunfights, swords fights. And I think it I think it shows having a good action director who's done action stuff before. And also, I, I'd say this movie is really well edited because a lot of times action like this, it's cut to ribbons in the editing room so everything's quick cuts quick cut. i mean you know these are fairly quick cuts but it never feels it's not like a jason bourne thing like every the fight scenes actually you can see what's happening they stay on stuff just long enough you know i feel like it's shot and edited really well all the action stuff so that's a big plus too yeah but there's lots of him cutting people's arms off and hands off and <laughs> hands off and kicking heads around the room and you know and quipping the whole time he's dressed up as a 
lady at one point to sneak into a place and like taking out yakuza and russian mob people and but yeah he's got a the one he's in this factory taking out this one group and he has to leave before he can get the last guy because it's his anniversary he's got to rush home to vanessa yeah, the so guy got in his panic room and he's checking his Adventure Time wristwatch. And, oh, I'm gonna be late, so he has to leave that guy. Uh, Dupinder's back. He's running down the alley. Start the fucking car! <laughs> he and he flies through the side window and like he doesn't stop. He just jumps right through the window. That's pretty funny. And then um, Dupinder's got his speech about wanting to be Kristen Dunst from Interview with a Vampire, which is such a weirdly specific. <laughs> that's the thing it's also not like it's not like super in some i mean in some ways it's super kind of broad comedy but it's not like fart jokes and i mean it's there's lots of dick jokes but it's not there's a specificity to the jokes that make them better to me and like dupinder wanting specifically to be kristen dunst from interview the vampire <laughs> And how much that disturbs Deadpool when he's telling him about it. Like that whole that whole exchange is really funny. <laughs> and then we get to for me, the one place this movie trips up. Because he gets home, Vanessa's there. Vanessa played by Marina Baccarin, who's always great. Their relationship and their chemistry in the first movie was really, really good, and then she kind of just becomes a damsel in distress at the end, and that's unfortunate. But I always like them together. And we get that, they're talking about having a kid. Which really makes me wonder, man, is Deadpool 3, is he going to have a kid? <laughs> he should. If everything, you know, is she even going to, she has to be in it, right? She has to be. But, and their, their chemistry is great here too. Like, they're just, their relationship, I just dig. It's like weird, but it's not, but it's not dysfunctional. You know? I don't know. But like in the first one where he's like dying of cancer and he leaves her so she doesn't have to like suffer through that with him and he goes you know like that their whole thing i like i dig it there's a depth of a weirdly a depth of emotion to deadpool in these movies that he rarely has in the comics and that we rarely get from other superhero movies in a weird way yeah and it's not played for goofs it's like sincere you know <laughs> which i think maybe, maybe some people would argue like this is not the character to do that with but i think it also is telling and it shows part of why like the reason spider-man is always quipping during during battle and making jokes all the time is because he's scared he's covering for his fear that today's the day rhino smashes me to bits and deadpool is like he's doing that because you know he has this like dark center of like you know i'm this fucked up looking like burn victim cancer patient who's you know like he has like a dark you know and he's hiding that and that vulnerability by being a constant barat, like a, a mini, a chain gun of jokes and quips and insults and stuff. So, I don't know, man, there's more to them than people give them credit for, I think. <laughs> Even if it's on a really kind of basic level, it's something. Um, but yeah, we get, Vanessa gets fridged, and I don't care for that, because it's such a, especially when you have, like, I feel like she's really well written and their relationship's really well written. To fall back on that, some, I mean, obviously it's a, a driving thing for the movie but you also have cable who's a man out for revenge because his woman was killed you know what i mean like yeah in 28 like 2018 we should not be frigging ladies anymore like aren't we past that shit so that's yeah i don't love that even though it does drive the plot forward and you know it's kind of what the whole movie's about 
but yeah, I, I, I don't care for that. The Yeah, the Russian guys that got away from him come back for revenge, and she gets killed in the crossfire, sort of. And But it does lead to the cool... I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. But it does lead to the cool where he jumps out the window and chases the guy down, and then when he catches him out in the rain... Well, first he just runs headlong into the side of the guy's car so hard that it flings the guy out the other side of the car. And then he, like, he picks him up and, like, hugs him. And you're like, wow, what the fuck? Like, crying in the rain, hugging the guy who killed his... And you're like, that's... Okay, I wasn't expecting that. And then he turns so they both are in front of his truck and it takes them both out because he wants to die too, but he can't die. I don't know. It's, like, weirdly poignant, man, for a movie like this. (laughs) Fuck, what anybody says, it does it for me. But yeah, he can't die. He wants to. He took out the last of them, but it's not going to bring her back. And then one of my favorite moments is he goes to to Blind Owls, this old lady from the first movie. And he gets in the floorboards and he gets this bag of cocaine out. And again, the stuff with the mask is so good to me. It's one of the funniest visual gags in the movie. He puts this bag of coke up inside his mask and then punches himself in the face. So the coke just like explodes inside of his mask and you can see it like coming out. And then he does like the sumo wrestler thing with his hand. It's so fucking funny. Like just him punching that bag of coke inside his mask and it's exploding. Like. And there's a, at the beginning when he's smoking, he takes a drag of a cigarette and puts the mask down. And then when he exhales, the smoke comes out through the mat. Like it's just, it's cool looking shit they do with the mask. Yeah, I, that's one thing I, I think is really great, not only with the character design and the costume design, but with Ryan Reynolds, too, is that, yeah, he's super funny when he talks, but his Deadpool's, like, physicality is hilarious. The stuff he does with his body and with the costume is hilarious, too. Yeah, because a lot of what he has to do is basically miming because he has this mask on. But you can always tell that it's not some stuntman in there. That it's him in there because he doesn't have to be walking around on set in that suit. He could have somebody else do that. But he, he it's him. You know, obviously there's stuntman for some things. but And I appreciate that. And it comes through. It comes across in, yeah, just the way he moves. His, you know, you can tell. Yeah, he's a funny dude. Yeah, so then he has blown himself up. Colossus was kind of his only friend and was in the first movie. Yeah, I don't mind. It, it is weird to me that we he's never in human form, like ever. But I CGI Colossus looks pretty, like, all right, pretty all right. Probably better than he did in the X-Men movies and stuff. But yeah, there's the scene later where Colossus is just laying in his bed, but in, like, in his metal form. Like, he's, he never changes out of that anymore. He's just always, that's that's weird to me, but kind of funny but Colossus drags his pieces back in a duffel bag to the X-Mansion because like you need your friends now and the next time we see him he is reassembled I do have a lot of questions and it's the kind of questions comic book fans have had for decades the way that Deadpool regenerates if he gets blown to pieces shouldn't each part grow a new Deadpool shouldn't there be eight Deadpools running around later when he's ripped in half shouldn't each half grow a new you know what I mean or does it work from like the head down like, if all that's left of his head, his head will grow, you know, and the other pieces just kind of become detritus laying around. That's yeah, un- unclear. That. Unclear. Especially with, with this scene, because when he blows up, his head comes off. Like, his head is looking at the camera talking. Yeah. But then when Colossus drags him away, he's clearly dragging away part of his body. I so think he's yeah, just... Part cl- re- well, part when it- the rest of it. 
when he walks into the apartment and sees kind of the devastation in there, we see an arm and a leg, you know, a severed arm and leg laying around. So I think he just collected as many pieces as he could find and threw them in the stuffle bag and then got back to the X-Mansion and kind of arranged them where they should be, like a, like a meat puzzle to let them like grow back together. But yeah, later on he's ripped in half and his top half is growing new legs, but is his bottom half somewhere growing a new top? Maybe that maybe that should be what Deadpool three is, is him <laughs> evil Deadpool that's half of um, that had to have happened in the comics at some point, I'm sure. I I don't remember. I've read them all, but I don't remember every single moment of it. But obviously yeah, Deadpool three is gonna be interesting because you have two guys who literally who basically can't die. well, I mean I guess Deadpool's actually probably harder to kill than Wolverine is, but you can cut Deadpool's arms and legs off. You can't cut Wolverine's arms and legs off, so <laughs> but just obviously we're gonna have them cutting the shit out of each other and then healing instantly you know yeah so but i hope but what else is the movie going to be that's my question i hope it's not just that <laughs> and also is cable going to be back is domino going to be back is it just going to be just the the deadpool and wolverine show or do we get the rest of the cast too you know i'm kind of and hoping I... i'm kind of hoping that wolverine is not as big a part of it as people are thinking that it's not just like that it's not like a two-hander with him and wolverine I hope you know. I yeah. hope Wolverine has some like cool scenes, but he's very much a secondary character in it. Because I've had Wolverine movies. I want more Deadpool movies. I don't need another Wolverine movie. You know. Anyway, yeah, we're I'm talking about three. I am curious. I'm curious to see how they're going to handle. Because you know, if they do bring back Cable, Deadpool is going to mention the fact that Josh Brolin is both Thanos and Cable. Well, because they... he he knows. They kind of they kind of do it in this one. He calls him Thanos at one point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he drops a lot of even though they weren't in the MCU yet, he drops a lot of he mentions Hawkeye, he mentions Black Widow, he mentions like he drops a lot of MCU kind of name drops throughout. He does the when he's fighting Juggernaut, I love it. He, he does the sun's getting real low buddy thing to him that Black <laughs> Widow does the Hulk, which makes me laugh. Uh yeah. There's a lot of I know, and some people just don't go for the meta thing, but I, I dig it. But here in the house, and here's the thing I really want in three because I'm missing it in this one. The first one had a lot of Negasonic Teenage Warhead. This one doesn't have very much, and I love her. I love Brianna Hildebrand. She's fucking great. Yes. I adore her so much. I watched that entire Netflix show Trinkets, which isn't a terribly great show, but I watched all of it because she's in it and she's great. <laughs> And her and Yukio, I love, I need them to explore, I need to see more exploration of Wade and Yukio's friendship to the displeasure of <laughs> Megasonic Teenage Warhead. Because anytime, I love their dynamic that every time Yukio comes, she goes, hi Wade, and he goes, hi Yukio. And then that's it. And then at the end, bye Wade. And he sticks his head back through on the corner, bye Yukio. Like, they're always waving at each other, like, they like each other so much. <laughs> and Negasonic hates him so much <laughs> like that whole dynamic is really I love it but yeah I need I need more Negasonic Teenage Warhead I like her her hair and this one's really cool like she was kind of shaved bald in the first one you know or like just stubbly but like her hair is like tall and cool in this one I just ah, I like that character I like her and there wasn't nearly enough of her in this one so and then we yeah we see Cable for the first time he's in the far future there's purple lights flying around so that you would make sentinels maybe i don't know sentinels aren't the issue though that's 
not what killed his family. His family's been burnt alive with this teddy bear. So he, which he brings with him, and he time travels back. It's real Terminator shit, but... And yeah, Cable is another sort of Rob Liefeld creation. I mean, it's actually, if it's it's Nathan Summers, Cyclops' son was actually created by, like, Louise Simonson during her run on X-Factor. It was sent to the future to save him from the techno-organic virus, blah, blah, blah. We don't get into any of that in the movie, obviously. But the way they do the effect of his his metal arm, like the techno and creeping into his torso looks really good. Like as far as like the prosthetics mixed with CGI, like that looks really like gnarly and organic and cool. But uh, yeah, Cable comes back in time for something we'll find out later. Colossus drags Deadpool along as an X-Men trainee wearing <laughs> a little X-Men jersey over his suit to help them with something. There's some kind of mutant thing is happening at this orphanage, the Essex home for whatever, which is you know, a Mr. Sinister reference that doesn't lead to fucking anything. So kind of why bother? But And we meet Russell Collins, who I'm guessing is... I mean, that's Rusty Collins from the comics, right? Like Skids and Rusty from X-Factor. Yeah. Very different from how he is in the comics but that's you know and he calls himself fire fist it's julian dennison from hunt for the wilder people Mm -hmm. uh funny new zealand kid yeah something's going on with this orphanage he's blowing cop cars up and he's trying to get away from this place and they're so deadpool shows up obviously colossus has given him the rules of like like we don't kill people stop it which first off that, that's always been a weird thing for me with the X-Men. Like, we don't kill people. What are you talking about? You live with Wolverine. <laughs> you watch Wolverine kill someone every day. Every single day. <laughs> what are you talking about? We don't kill people. That's insane. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that aside, maybe they're trying to be better. I don't know. But yeah, Deadpool's trying to negotiate. It's not going well. This kid is throwing them all around the place with his fireballs. He eventually subdues this kid. Oh, he throws the sword at him and hits him with the handle. And some guards or whatever show up and slap this. This will be very important. This power dampening collar on him. And Deadpool notices or figures out that like, oh, this kid is like being abused here. He has like marks on him, you know. So this isn't right. Something's hinky here. Who, you know, is it that that guy hurt you? Like the headmaster and his flunkies or whatever. The one he calls Jared Kushner, which. One is really funny, but two it also instantly dates this movie in a way that I don't care for. Because like 30 years from now, no one's going to remember who the fuck Jared Kushner is. You know what I mean? So that's kind of, I don't know about that. But it's funny in the moment. <laughs> I suppose a lot of the pop cultural references won't necessarily hit a couple decades from now, but I think most of them yeah. still will. So yeah, he, you know, he shoots the one flunky guy in the head. Colossus tackles him and lets lets the guards take him away too. Like I tried, but you obviously you can't be saved. You're just <laughs> you're just a killer. Like your instinct is just to kill people, and we can't have that. So they slap power dampening collar on him too, and off they go to the ice box. This mutant, this prison for mutants. It's just crazy to me that the X Men would be like, yeah, take him to that weird mutant prison you have, instead of like we should all yeah. go there and destroy the mutant prison. <laughs> And free all of these mutants. Like, I know they're criminals, but I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking more in line with the current X-Men comics with Krakoa and, and everything, where mutants are very much their own, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and we get who, who, Omega Red's in here for a second. 
we kind of see him but never you know hear his name or anything there's black tom cassidy kind of <laughs> it's a guy with an irish accent his name calls himself black tom cassidy i don't know maybe not comics accurate black tom cassidy but <laughs> but it does wind up leading to deadpool calling cable a racist for the rest of the movie because he killed black tom well that's later but he kills because he's confused deadpool's pretending to be confused that black tom cassidy is a white guy in his defense he does have like appropriated dreadlocks so which he calls out but it's him and yeah it's deadpool and this kid rusty or russell and russell's trying to buddy up with him you know and deadpool's like we're not friends stop because also now that he has this power dampening color on and his that takes away his healing factor so he's dying of cancer again which is an interesting you know yeah layer of the character too He's like, just let me die in peace. It's all I want to do. Like, this is finally my opportunity to die. Like, I want to. Just leave me alone, kid. Like, you know, like he's trying to care for this kid, but he want he just he's over this. He just wants to die. And this kid's like, no, we're like friends, right? We're like buddies. We're gonna help each other out. Not so much. Yeah. See, I kind of saw it the other way. I I saw it as he's trying really hard not to care about the kid, but he can't help himself. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. He's trying to push the kid away. Because, like, I'm no kind of role model, first off. And also, I'm going to die of cancer soon, which is good for me, but it's going to be bad for you if we're friends. <laughs> and I'm not going to be here to protect you, so get used to that idea that you're, like, a, a kid in a grown-ass prison. <laughs> like, that's what we're also weird, that they've taken this child away. I mean, he's probably 16 years old, maybe? 15? So, um, and then we cut out to Cable arriving in the present in a weird cameo from... Alan Tudyk and an unrecognizable Matt Damon <laughs> who's under a bunch of makeup as these hillbillies that Cable knocks out and steals their truck so he can get where he's going. But I had, I remember seeing it in the theater the first, like until the credits came up, I had no, even though when you hear, when you know you can hear his voice and you're like, oh fuck, that's Matt Damon. But I had no idea until I saw the credits because he he just doesn't look like Matt Damon he's under so much like Alan Tudyk just looks like Alan Tudyk <laughs> you know but they're in just for a hot second they're in here which will come up again with somebody later but yeah my, my power is unbridled cancer that's all his superpower is now that he has this thing on he says and I, I like that they took Cable's whole thing in the comics kind of the thing he was known for early on was that he just has ridiculously big guns because Liefeld liked to draw like guns that are as big as people. Kind of like Cloud from Final Fantasy has a sword that's bigger than he is. <laughs> but you kind of just roll with it. But like Cable would have these guns that are just like eight feet long. and you know. But they have a scene in here where he's building. He has all these gun parts laid out on the bed. And he's building this ridiculous gun from parts. Mm -hmm. That's going to. So he had this giant ridiculous gun that does crazy shit. But it kind of it works here because you, he doesn't just appear with it and you're like what the fuck is that gun like you see him build it from like a normal gun and then att attaching all these things to it to turn it into this ridiculous gun so i like that too russell keeps getting punched again this child keeps getting clocked in the face by grown men because he's trying to pick a fight with this black tom guy and his buddy just keeps punching this kid in the face and knocking him out which is funny and deadpool's no help because he's dying of cancer and you know and cable shows up to just uh, yeah he like assaults the icebox and it's at this point i realized how well paced this movie is because when this scene started i was like oh shit we're at the prison already and i paused it and it was 42 minutes in and i'm like 
this 42 minutes. Like, we're almost half... It didn't feel like 42 minutes. It felt like 20 minutes, maybe. I've been watching the movie. So, it, this movie moves, man. There's, like, kind of until later, and I'll talk about it when we get to it. It's just always moving, man. It doesn't waste a second. It's always doing something. So, I think it's paced really well. Yeah, Cable Salty Icebox, he's taking out these guards. He doesn't give a shit. He's after... First, we don't know who. He, he definitely zeroes in on Deadpool and Russell's cell. But it turns out he's here to kill this kid for reasons we're not... I mean, you can figure it out, but I mean, we're not sure of yet. But So Deadpool's trying to protect this kid with no powers. It's not going terribly well. There's a great moment where he falls off a balcony and lands on this that metal lunch table and you see his body like snap in half and like is drooping off the side that's so good but it, uh. that's also when the power dampening cable or collar breaks so he gets his healing factor back so he heals from that and now he's really in fighting shape again big fight between him and cable yeah pretty cool and they wind up well uh, back up we left out a part where the foreshadowing moment because um <laughs> which he calls out as such Russell's like, you know, you gotta, your first day you go, because he's heard this in movies or whatever, this kid, you you go and you take out the biggest guy here and that gets you the respect of everybody. And then they hear this like booming from far away and it shows like this maximum security door. And Deadpool's like, well, that's the biggest guy here because, you know, people don't know it about this place, but they have a monster in the basement. And you're like, okay, who the fuck is this going to be? It's obviously got to be somebody. I'm shocked that I did not figure it out <laughs> until later. And like when he actually shows up, I was like, oh shit, why didn't I see that coming? But no, I just wasn't expecting it. During the fight with Cable, Cable breaks his arm like completely to where it's just this hanging, sagging slinky. But he does a cool, that he, Deadpool takes his own fucking shattered arm and wraps it around Cable's neck and uses it as like a rope to choke him with. <laughs> to like put him over his shoulder and like he's choking with his own shattered arm like, that's pretty cool too not every superhero can do shit like that that's pretty good <laughs> yeah and they kind of get the explosion goes off they get blown he and cable get blown out the side of the prison down this snowy mountain i don't know why cable doesn't go back and just try again now that deadpool's in there to protect him but I don't, whatever <laughs> i don't know but the prison's back under lockdown or or whatever and Deadpool smashes his head on a rock and falls in this ice. The, the afterlife scenes of him kind of trying to talk to Vanessa through this wall he can't get through, those don't really work for me. Like, they're a little too... Like, I like the sincerity of the emotion in this movie, but that's those are a little too kind of maudlin and a little too... I don't know. Just, like, this idea of, like, she's in, she's in this afterlife or heaven and he can talk to her, but he can't. Like it's not his time to go there yet and he keeps getting sucked back that stuff's a little much for me maybe but yeah i can i can understand what you mean i don't hate it but i'm just like i don't know i don't know again maybe not this character maybe not this movie <laughs> for that kind of stuff <laughs> just it's a little chintzy i don't know <laughs> or cheesy chintzy means cheap that's not what i mean back at the prison russell befriends the monster who had you know bring Whoever it is behind this door, this giant door, brings him his food and they have a conversation. It's like, we're friends now. We're gangsters. I'm Ice Cube, or I'm Tupac in your Ice Cube. Like, this kid's like a real, like, hip hop guy. So now back in wherever, is it LA they live in? 
they, I don't think it's ever said where they are. No, it's not New York. It's, some, it's definitely not New some, York. Some big metropolitan city. I feel like it, it's got to be LA, but I guess I don't know for sure. But he and Weasel are now having, they got to put the team together. So they're having auditions. Here's where we get a bunch of fun cameos and the uh, creation of X-Force. <laughs> we have Terry Crews is Bedlam. Uh, who else? Uh, Bill Skarsgård is Zeitgeist, who is such, who's like from that X, is from the X-Force slash X Ecstatics run. Like, I never thought I'd see a live action version of him, sort of, you know, <laughs> who spits acidic vomit, like... <laughs> Um, we have the Vanisher, who's just like an invisible man. Kind of important. <laughs> I'm not like, really not important, but like there's a reason he's invisible, and that's good. Uh, Shatterstar, who is another Rob Liefeld creation. Kind of an odd version of him in this movie, but it, it's not going to matter for long. So it doesn't... <laughs> Help us. I'm basically better than you at everything. And just once, I'm going to find a planet of people that are worse than me at everything. A whole bunch of functional idiots. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to be their Superman. Isn't that Canada? You shut your goddamn trash mouth. Uh, Domino, who's played by Zazie Beats, And then uh, just Peter, who's played by Rob Delaney. With a mustache. And I love when he has Rob Delaney's headshot. But then as he is in the movie, he's got a mustache. And he's put on, like, he's put on a little weight, you know. But he's got, like, his old headshot. And he's like, am I being catfished? <laughs> That's pretty good. But Peter's just a guy. He doesn't have any powers. He's just a guy who thought this sounded like fun to be an X-Force. So he showed up and you're in, you know. And I love that, that it pisses off Dopinder so bad because he wants to yes. be on the team. Dopinder so wants to be bad. part of the team because he wants to kill more people because he killed, as at the end of the first movie, he killed the like, girl he likes boyfriend or whatever. But yeah, he, yeah he's, mop, he's like mop boy at the bar now. But he, yeah, when they when they bring Peter on, he's fucking. He throws his mop down. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and then we get man, the, the action sequence are again. It's paced so well. The action sequences are all like the set pieces are all spaced out really well. Like we had we had a little break from the from the prison assault, and now we're doing this convoy assault. Russell and the other prisoners from the icebox because the icebox has been compromised. I guess that's why Cable, but I, just, I don't know why Cable didn't immediately go straight back. But they're moving all the prisoners from the icebox to somewhere else because the building's been partially blown up by Cable. Deadpool and the team knows that Cable is going to be trying to get Russell on this convoy. So we got to get there and help because I'm not giving up on this kid. You know, we're going to... Does he even know at this... I don't. He doesn't even know at this point why Cable wants to kill him, right? No. No, because that's he tells him when he shows up later, right? He just knows Cable's yeah. this guy who says he's from the future and he wants to kill this kid. He's going to protect them. He's put the team together to go do it. Uh, there's a high wind advisory, which he ignores, to disastrous effect. because. And this is such a good... There's this build-up to like, oh, fuck, X-Force, man. Everybody's like, here we go, X-Force. I bet the next movie's going to be all Deadpool and X-Force. No, it ain't, because <laughs> fucking X-Force gets murdered immediately. This They all jump out of the the cargo plane with the parachutes, and the wind scatters them hither and yon. Though really, they all kind of land within blocks of each other. <laughs> Initially, they're trying to do this cool X formation, and then they're, as soon as they pop their chutes, they all fly off willy-nilly. Except Domino, because she's very lucky. Things always go her way. Deadpool lands kind of safely on like a billboard or something. But Bedlam flies directly into a bus. 
The Vanisher flies into power lines, and it turns out the Vanisher, in the brief moment we can see him, is Brad Pitt. Just Brad in this for a second and a half. Brad Pitt's in this movie. <laughs> Interesting. I guess just the... guys goes straight into a wood chipper. Straight into a wood chipper, which he Peter <laughs> Peter tries to. Well, and Shatterstar flies into a the rotors oh, yeah. of a helicopter that is sitting on a roof and sprays green blood everywhere because he's an alien from another planet. Yeah, Zeitgeist flies into a wood chipper, and when Peter goes over to save him, Peter's the only one who has landed safely. In his panic, vomits his acid all over Peter, and his arm comes off, and he's dead too. So everyone on the team is dead except for Deadpool and Domino, who has landed safely in a giant inflatable panda bear because she's very lucky. We got to get to that convoy now. Deadpool's on like a Vespa cruising through the streets, and then so now we have this cool car chase, which I'm got I gotta say was. I remember I saw the trailer for the last uh, Fast and Furious movie, the one with John Cena in it. And there's a scene, just, I have not seen that movie yet. I'm going to at some point. But just in the trailer, there's a shot of this almost exact convoy vehicle, like the segmented vehicle, tipping up straight up into the air. That is literally a shot from this movie. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Dead, like, I actually... Deadpool 2 came out three years ago. Why you just stole that completely from Deadpool 2? What are you doing? Anyway. Yeah, I I sadly did watch that movie last week because I I bought it at Black Friday. I was like, okay, I've seen all the rest of the movies. This one looks ridiculous, but I'm going to watch it anyway because it's, yeah. But yeah, that, that vehicle at the very least is lifted straight from this movie. And deposited in the new Fast and Furious movie. Well, and, and even the way that it goes, like goes vertical like that, I'm like, wow, that's just right out of Deadpool too, crazy. But yeah, the Fast and Furious movies, I've seen every one of them except for that new one. I enjoy watching them. They are the dumbest fucking thing on the planet, but in a way, I mean, but they embrace it, so they know that. I don't think that they are good movies, but they are fun movies to watch. I watch each of them one time, and then I'm done. I never go back and watch them again. We missed Cable as soon as they leave to get on the to go to the, attack the convoy or whatever. Cable kidnaps Weasel and is going to torture him for information on where Russell and all of them have gone. He doesn't need to torture him because he tells them immediately. <laughs> but yeah, it's a cool chase. Deadpool's upside down and backwards trying to drive this Jeep that he's to catch up to them. Domino has landed right at it, got into it. She's driving it fine, but her. And he makes a joke about how, like, how do you even visualize luck powers in a movie? That's stupid. They do a really good job of visualizing luck powers because, like, just the way things miss her, the way thing, like, just the way things line up for her to, like, always have. I don't know. They just, they do a good job of showing how, like, just being really lucky would be <laughs> effective, you know. But we have this big action sequence. Yeah, Deadpool finally catches up to the convoy. Domino is fighting Cable. Deadpool joins in. The convoy thing is now just running amok because she stopped driving. She's like, Lady Luck, take the wheel and goes to fight. And it, But it, it does. It's working. It's driving itself in a very lucky fashion. But there's cool, the cool moments in the fight is when Cable goes, Cable shoots a bullet at Deadpool and he slices it in half in slow motion with his sword. And then, <laughs> and then Cable unloads like a machine gun like a bunch of bullets at him and he's doing like he's swinging his swords and it looks like and you're expecting and he's slicing them all but then you see that the bullets are just going right through him and blood is shooting out the back and he didn't hit uh, he stopped that first one and didn't stop anymore every one of them just went right through him that was pretty good and then my favorite bit is when 
he's got Cable kind of like hanging out the side of the... Well, Cable just starts chucking people out the side of the convoy, like detaching these boxes that the prisoners are in and just dropping them out into the road to try to stop when Deadpool is trying to chase him with the Vespa. But Cable's kind of hanging out the side of the thing, and he, as a car goes by, he rips the door off this car driving by and swings back inside and hits Deadpool with this car door. It's so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's awesome. But they wind up. He's about to shoot. Cable's about to shoot Russell. And the big guy, whoever this is, escapes from his cell and punches through the bottom of the thing. And it lifts the convoy up into the air. It shatters the bridge they're on. And the whole thing falls down. Cable's nowhere to be seen. Domino, of course, is safe because she's... Or maybe is this where she lands on the panda bear? Anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, where she lands up. Because she's dodging, like, in the air, she's just dodging all this debris without even really trying. Because she's lucky. <laughs> just in the devastation, Deadpool sits up and his head is on backwards. I like that. That's pretty good. And he has to, like, crank it back around. And much like Wolverine, like, it's not like he doesn't feel pain. This shit hurts. <laughs> He's like, oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. You know, but he, it's not going to kill him. And then we see, we find out who who is this big monster guy, and it's the Juggernaut. A much better version of the Juggernaut than we were presented with in X-Men The Last Stand, who is Vinnie Jones, god-awful. I, I do not hate that movie the way a lot of people do. There are things in that movie that I think are fucking really good, but he's the worst part of that, hands down. Vinnie Jones' Juggernaut. But this is a big CGI Juggernaut. Looks pretty good. Voiced by Ryan Reynolds with a, like a deep filter on it or whatever. And Deadpool's so happy to see him. He's like, oh my god, Juggernaut, I'm such a fan. He starts listening to all the comics he's in. He's like, I've always wanted to see my face reflected in your shiny metal helmet as you charge towards me, but not right now. And the Juggernaut picks him up, and he's like, I'm going to rip you in half now. And you think he's joking? He's not. He rips. He literally rips Deadpool in half and throws his two halves to the side, which is pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that. And so, and then Russell, ugh, it's such a good joke. And just even, it's a joke and a visual moment. Deadpool's laying there, and he's trying to convince him, like, don't go with Juggernaut, he's not your friend. And Russell's like, no, you said be friends with the biggest guy, and you weren't going to be my friends, and I'm friends with him, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to burn that headmaster alive like I want to. I'm going to burn that orphanage down. And Deadpool's like, what do I have that he doesn't have? And he goes, don't say legs, don't say legs. And the kid walks up, and he does with his fingers, he does, like, let your fingers do the walking. Legs. And then he does the invisible rope thing out of frame. <laughs> The, the, like the kid moves really well he does it he does it really well he like mimes pulling himself with a rope till he's out of frame and Deadpool's like don't do the invisible rope ah damn it <laughs> and he just, but the way the kid does it really good like yeah he's he's really funny he's a I talented like kid he needs to be in one in more stuff yeah so those are funny moments I like back at Blind Al's place Deadpool is growing new legs he's got little baby legs it's a whole thing that kind of goes they kind of overdo it with that bit there's way there's just just have it as the gag, show it real quick, and move on. But they spend way too much time talking about <laughs> he doesn't have a, he's not wearing pants and he's growing these new baby legs. Whatever. It goes on a little long. But then Cable just shows up at their place and is like, like, here's the deal. This kid's gonna grow up to be this mass murderer in the future who killed my family. And that's why he has to die. Like, it's not just about my revenge. I'm, I'm, I'm killing him now would save a lot of lives. And Deadpool's like, no, I'm not, he, he, but he hasn't done it yet. We can still change it. I'm not giving up on this kid. And so they call a truce, and Cable's like, okay, we're going after him together. I will give you 30 seconds to plead your, when, when we get there, you get 30 seconds to turn this kid around, and I'm going to, or I'm going to put a bullet in his head. <laughs> like, you know? 
but I obviously, because Juggernaut's there now, I can't do this by myself, so I need all of your help. So let's truce, go do this together. They pull up to the X-Mansion, was doing a say anything to Colossus <laughs> with the boombox, trying to like apologize for, you know, I messed up before, but you know, you're kind of my only friend, please come help me. Yu-Gi-Oh! and Mega Sonic are the highway, and hi Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> I love it so much. But Colossus kind of like ignores him, so they leave. Russell is attacking the orphanage. Juggernaut's kind of just hanging back, but yeah, Russell's shooting fireballs through the place. He's chasing this headmaster through. And we do get flashbacks of him, like he's like this anti-mutant bigot, whatever. And there's it's hinted maybe there's also some molestation stuff going on. We don't see any of that, but yeah, but they were definitely at least strapping him a chair and like trying to shock the mutant out of him. Like, bad news. So he's come back to his but he's throwing fireballs around pretty willy-nilly, and he's kind of set the whole orphanage on fire. Domino gets a cool scene where, we, again, we get to see her luck powers at work in sort of hand-to-hand combat. She takes out all these interns in ways, or not interns, um, orderlies at the orphanage. Orderlies, in, yeah. Yeah, in ways that, you know, she didn't have to do much. Like, one guy trips and falls and stabs himself in the eye with scissors. One guy trips on a toy and snaps his neck really brutally on the side of that bed. And then one guy that she throws on the thing and then the big cabinet falls over and just takes his head off. Cable and... Well, Dupinder came up at first and then Juggernaut threatened to <laughs> insert, him, insert him into Deadpool or something like that. So he goes back to the car. This is not the place for me. Cable, Deadpool, and Domino are trying to fight Juggernaut and it's not going very well. Deadpool gets impaled through the head with a spike, like a garden gate thing. Kind of like in the first one where he's seeing the little cartoon unicorn going, but not quite. It's just we're hearing just music, and then Colossus comes up. Colossus has shown up to save the day, pulls the thing out of his head. He's caressing Colossus's face. like, <laughs> And then it's Colossus versus Juggernaut time. They're throwing each other around. It's pretty brutal. For two CGI <laughs> metal guys, it's pretty... He's doing some cool... Like, he just gives them an elbow off the top rope. They're throwing each other into buses. This is when Domino is in... Yeah, he loves a tooth. And the uh, the music in this scene, the, the uh, holy fucking shitballs song, the ju- the juggernauts theme song. Yeah, like the big like it. the big so or much. the big orchestral like. Yeah, yeah. This is when Domino is in saving the kids. She's like, God, I really I could really use a bus to get these kids out of here. And because she's very lucky, the bus gets thrown through the wall, and so the kids can like slide down this bus to get out of the place before it burns up. Cable and Deadpool confront Russell and stop him from killing the headmaster. It looks like... Well, first they have to go through a bunch more. There's so many orderlies. They have to go through a bunch. Cable won't give him a gun, so he has to use a brick. <laughs> but that's a alright action scene. There's some there's lots of cool... Cable's just... Cable's a real John Wick motherfucker because there's, yeah, there's bits where he like wraps the swing set chain around the guy's arm and pulls it so he shoots himself in the head. Like, just lots of little like John Wick moves. But... They wind up, yeah, they take out all these orderlies, they get to Russell, They're, he's trying to convince, Deadpool's trying to convince him, like, you don't have to do this, and, like, that guy's not, people who hurt you can't, you know, he's not gonna hurt you anymore, and there are people out there who won't hurt you. Like, real, right up to the edge of being, like, too sentimental, but, like, it's, like, it's heart, you can tell Deadpool actually, like, does care about people, <laughs> and he's not just this totally cynical, like, edgelord asshole, you know? But he's hugging Russell, and then Russell, like, lights him up, like, he just burns him up, and it blasts him and so when he gets up his suit is like it's a cool way to get him visually because in the comics for a while he had like a white and black suit instead of a red and black suit or kind of a gray 
And so they get that look from him being all burnt up without having to go into a whole like, look, I changed my costume. Like it's just just a little shout out kind of <laughs> Easter egg thing that is pretty cool. Negasonic and Yukio show up to help Colossus, who's having a hard time with Juggernaut. And Juggernaut winds up. Yu-Gi-Oh's power is she has like these chains that she can like electrify with. Well, I don't know what. They team up and Juggernaut winds up with a, a electric, uh, like a sparking electric wire up his ass and thrown into a pool of water. And that stops him for a while. But so Cable's going to shoot Russell. Deadpool jumps in front of it, gets shot in the heart. Well, this is after he put... Because Russell burnt him up, and he's like, okay, I'm going to try one more thing. He puts the power dampening collar on, and it's like, you know, like this is your choice, Russell. If you're going to burn somebody up, burn me up, and I'm going to die because I can't heal anymore. So, you know, this is it. Make your decision. Cable's going to shoot him. Deadpool jumps in front of it, catches a bullet in the heart, and then this is this this for me is the scene that really go. It's like four straight minutes of him. Like it's it's a funny gag if it was 45 seconds of him not quite dying like you know where he's like okay here it is i'm dying now and then he opens his eyes again oh i just i don't want to go i want to keep talking to all of you and then he does it like three more times and it just goes on for so long like that this is the one moment where it really overstayed its welcome to me (laughs) his whole shtick because it's so it's it's so long it just it keeps just going and going meanwhile the headmaster is not running away he's just like watching the whole thing (laughs) like It's kind of, that. that's the thing I don't, that and killing Vanessa is the thing. The two moments, and I'm like, I don't care for this. But he does eventually die after getting Colossus to say fuck. The straight-laced Colossus. <laughs> Cable, it's been stated that Cable, had, he only had two charges of his time machine thing left. One to get here, he's going to fix things, and he has one to go back. Once he saved his family to go back to be with them. He sacrifices that, because he is now... I guess he likes Deadpool now, too. and Or he... I don't know. He's been swayed by Deadpool's commitment and argument or whatever and sacrifice. He uses his last charge to go back. I don't know why you... you I feel like you could have gone back way sooner, <laughs> you know, and fixed some other things. I don't know. But he goes back to the exact, the exact moment when they were about to fight. And he he's had Deadpool's... We skipped all this, but the anniversary present that Deadpool got for... Vanessa was ski ball led ski ball token from their first date. Cable took it during took it from him during the prison fight, and now he slips it back into the front of Deadpool's suit so that when he shoots him, the bullet will bounce off and won't kill him. I feel like you could just choose not to shoot him if you're going back in time. <laughs> it feels you know what I mean? Like it's cool, but it feels really orchestrated in a way that like there had to be a simpler way to do that. But I guess that also then because his sacrifice is what swayed Russell to make him not be a killer anymore. You don't want to take that away. So he found the only way to still do that. I guess, I guess. It, it works, I guess. It just it feels kind of convoluted in the moment. But One thing I wanted to talk about yeah. uh, real quick uh, before we move on is when, when Wade dies, there's another one of those scenes where he like crosses over and he finally does cross over yes. to the other side to where Vanessa is. And he, when he goes through, he looks like just Ryan Reynolds again. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. He looks like Wade before he got his powers. He's not all, you know, yeah. his face isn't all fucked up. Yeah, one brief, because the, the first Deadpool, we get a good chunk of just, just Ryan Reynolds looking like Ryan Reynolds with no makeup on or anything. And this this is the only kind of shot of that we get. Cause yeah. So, yeah, that's all right. But, yeah, I still, the 
all the afterlife talking to her ghost stuff just doesn't it's too treacly and i don't know it feels out of place yeah. to me in this movie but yeah so cable goes back saves him yeah uh the head no go ahead i was gonna say that's that's almost it but yeah there's <laughs> the demise of the headmaster yeah the headmaster's yes. yelling and they're like you mutants you're all gonna burn in hell or whatever and you hear he's speechifying and yelling at her and they're all kind of just sitting there taking it and you hear this car approaching and then pinder comes flying into frame in his taxi and smooshes this dude which is kind of funny because then he gets out and he's like courage you know i want some more his this is he's kirsten dunst you know and then deadpool's like god i heard you coming for like 30 seconds it's so hard to keep a straight face <laughs> while he was talking but... Yeah, and then he gives a little speech about, see, it was a family film. This is like, you know, the found, it's the family I found. This, you know, here's the thing. When I work, and then all that's left is the mid credit scenes. But, again, I was working in the theater, and it, most people are smart enough to sit through the credits, but there are people who, as soon as the credits started, got up and left. Those people, yes. assuming that Vanessa is in Deadpool 3, okay, <laughs> they are going to go to Deadpool 3 not understanding why she is alive. Yeah. They went to Deadpool 2, they saw her die, they got up before the, when the credits started and left. They do not see that she is no longer dead. They're going to be confused. <laughs> Which was what you deserve for leaving when the credits start. Like, fuck you. But, yeah, the mid credit scenes are him undoing the fridging, going back in time and saving her. Which I'm happy about. I'm glad about that. That's, I don't like that happened in the first place, but at least you've fixed it. And hopefully she will be in Deadpool 3. And then we get the bit about... <laughs> Well, here's here's the thing I love. I, you were probably about to say this. He goes back in time because he's gotten Yukio and Negasonic to fix Cable's time thing so that he can just willy-nilly travel through time. He saves Vanessa first. Obviously, that's his priority. His next stop is to not save X-Force. <laughs> he could have gone back and changed all of that so all of X-Force gets to live. He only saves Peter. He shows up just <laughs> in time to stop Peter from going over like he's no just let just let Zeitgeist die in the wood chipper. Don't even go over there. So he saves Peter. Sugarberry calls him <laughs> affectionately. <laughs> but that's it. He doesn't save anyone else at X Force, which I think is really funny. <laughs> but he's like, fuck those guys. <laughs> is that what you're gonna say? Yeah. And then yeah, all the there from there it just gets incredibly meta and fourth wally. <laughs> Yeah, it's him killing the shitty version that he played of Deadpool in Wolverine X-Men Origins. What's fun, the funniest part of that scene to me is first he shoots him in the head, and then as he's standing there talking to Wolverine, he just nonchalantly is pointing the gun down and he shoots him like six more times without even looking. Just <laughs> That's funny to me. And then the last bit is Deadpool killing Ryan Reynolds when he's delivered the script for Green Lantern to save all of us from having Green Lantern. But you know what? Here's another hot take. I don't think Green Lantern is that terrible. I think the suit looks shitty. Like, a lot of, like, the CGI and stuff is bad. But as far as, like, an origin story for Green Lantern, what else could you ask for, really? Like, they nailed it. Like, that's the origin of Green Lantern. I don't know what else you wanted from that movie, story-wise. I don't honestly know what, what the, like the majority of people's big gripe was with it mine was a a nerdy fan of the comics gripe which was just the fact that they they ruined the villain the fact that the what the parallax that was in the movie was nothing like the parallax in the comic and that's about 
bug me yeah. about it. But other than that, yeah, yeah like I said, yeah, Parallax looked like shit. The suit looked like shit, and the mask, the floaty CGI mask thing. But like, I don't think he's bad in it. As far, but as as, as an origin for Green Lantern, as a first Green Lantern movie, I think it kind of nails that part of it. Like, I'm not saying it's a yeah. great movie, but the hatred that that movie gets to the point that he's written a joke in this movie about he'd rather kill himself than do Green Lantern, I think is a bit much. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's okay. It's an okay movie. It's not great, but it's not as terrible as people make it out. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an easy mark, but that's it. And then there was there was one that they took out that they... I think is added back into the super duper cut where he does go back. He goes back in time to kill baby Hitler, but then he can't because it's a baby and he's too cute. <laughs> he can't kill a cute baby even if it is Hitler, which is kind of funny. But that's not in this movie, so don't forget I even said that. That's in a different cut of the movie that is not streaming. <laughs> and that's it. That's Deadpool 2, a movie that I like a lot. And I like Ryan Reynolds and I like Deadpool. And if you don't, that's fine. I get it. I'd say give Ryan Reynolds another chance. Don't be swayed by, you know. If you don't like Deadpool, you're never going to. And there's nothing to do about that. And that's fine. You don't have to. But I think Ryan Reynolds gets a bad rap. I think he is a better actor than people give him credit for just because he has kind of painted himself into this one corner where he only kind of does one thing anymore. And it's a thing he's very good at, but I think people are tired of that thing that he does, which is fine. And it's like I said, it's unfortunate that he doesn't, he feels like he can't branch out more. And it might not even be him. It might be a studio thing where they're like, look, man, we gave this Ryan Reynolds guy five or six shots at doing dramatic stuff. And they all bombed. And it's not his fault that they bombed. But we're not in the bomb business. We're not in the throwing money away business. So he can keep doing his comedy thing and we're not we're not sinking any more money into it. Or it might be him just having self-doubt of like, I guess I suck at it. I guess people don't like it. I'm not going to do it anymore. But he didn't suck at it. He was actually, I think, very good at it. So that's my take on yeah. that. Any final thoughts before I press the magic button? No, I just like yeah, I loved it. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you uh, gave me the chance to do a comic book movie on here. I've been waiting. I've, I've only had one, so this is only the second one I've had, right? Thor being the other one. I know. <laughs> yep. Look, man, if I got to pick my movies, it'd probably be nothing but comic book movies because I'm a <laughs> fucking nerd like that. But I don't. So this is our second one. Both Marvel movies. It's <laughs> interesting. You probably don't want me to get a DC movie. Well, no, that's like probably nobody wants me to get a DC movie because it'll be <laughs> there's what like a twenty five percent chance it'll be a DC movie that's good <laughs> that I like, and a seventy five percent chance that it's a shitty movie that I don't like. You hear that uh, Wonder Woman three is not happening now? I did hear that. Yeah, I saw Wonder Woman two, so I, I don't care. <laughs> I would rather have no Wonder Woman movie at all than another one like. 1984 because that movie is balls first wonder woman is great great second one not good and if it's going to be like that i'd rather just not have one at all how that's the same director i cannot fathom wild wild shit (laughs) wildly different quality wise Mm -hmm. and uh momoa is probably going to stop being aquaman so he can be lobo which i think is a much better fit actually yes yeah we got to get through one more Aquaman I, I, movie before that happens, but Aquaman, another movie that I a lot of people seem to like, and I did not like at all. No, and I, I've never honestly liked him as Aquaman, period, in Justice League. No, I think he, he was he was a terrible choice Aquaman. to be Aquaman. Absolutely terrible choice. I like yeah. him, not as Aquaman. No thanks. Absolutely yeah. not. 
but it also does kind of sound like maybe we were uh, a little too over exuberant in our hey henry cavill's back as superman thing because now it sounds like maybe that's not happening either which sucks because <laughs> i like henry cavill yeah i think he was and could have been a great superman if he even once had a script that wasn't fucking garbage but that never well man, the first man of steel i think is pretty good not great but pretty good everything after that hot dog like shit it. hot dog shit and i feel bad for the guy because i think he was a great he, he he's a great he's a good actor who could have been a really great superman and he got hamstrung by nonsense but anyway <laughs> that's a discussion for a different thing before you gotta go it's time for me to press the magic button to see what next episode's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming shall be pressing the magic button right now next week's movie is the stranger beside me from 1995 it is on to be only sounds familiar it's the oh boy the thirst will be real uh it stars tiffany amber Thiessen, <laughs> who is probably the reason i'm heterosexual so that'll be interesting <laughs> it might it might get real creepy <laughs> no i'll i'm trying not to be creepy but the yeah that that, that Expect a 1995 Tiffany Oh boy, man, that's like a crush I've had for most of my life. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, you know, as as discussed on the uh, Gunpowder Milkshake episode, my other kind of big celebrity crush is Carla Gugino. So it's her and Tiffany Amethyst who were together in son-in-law so it, it occurs yes. to me that son-in-law right. may actually paulie shore's movie son-in-law may be a surprisingly very formative movie for young heath lambert <laughs> it might have really <laughs> turned on some things in my brain for the rest of my life anyway so that's next week's movie the stranger beside me from 1995 on tubi it looks like a tv movie probably a rip from the headlines kind of lifetime movie yep that's exactly what it is like an old lifetime movie based on the true story maybe my husband's a psychopath kind of thing hey man i'm here for it so the stranger beside me on tubi from 1995 starring tiffany amber Thiessen, and that's it that's next week's movie where can people find you sir before you run off uh pretty much every uh one of my socials uh facebook instagram Twitter, TikTok, uh, Project Nerd Shirt. Actually, on Twitter, I am at nerd underscore shirt. Uh, and then on, I'm also on Slasher, uh, Billy Loomis0209. Um, yeah, that's about it. Cool. I am on Twitter for at least as long as Twitter is around. We'll see. At Heath Lambert78, the show is at That's So Random P2. Let's see, Slasher and TikTok as well. The show is at That's a Random Podcast. Uh, I'm also now on, have you heard about uh, Hive? Everybody, anybody? Paul, you heard about this Hive? It's a Dave Letterman joke for your grandkids. Um, <laughs> or for your grandparents, I guess, rather. Hive is this new sort of up-and-coming maybe twitter alternative we'll see but i'm also at that so random on there not podcast just at that so random i got in got in the door with just that one so i don't know we'll see how that thing goes who knows but i think that's it for social medias so that's probably it for everything 
Deadpool 2. We dig it. Thanks to Chris for his time, as always. Thank you. Uh, I'll let you get back to work. So that'll do it for this week. On behalf of myself and Chris, have a great week and see you back here next episode. I keep saying week, but I'm not a weekly show anymore. Nope. I'm like every two or three weeks now because I have a life. And you people don't pay me for this. Next episode, The Stranger Beside Me. Goodbye.